This is Passion for Your Passions, a podcast where we talk about the things that have shaped who we are today. I'm Julie. And I'm Krista. And today, it's a media episode again, of course. Today, though, we're talking about our favorite movies. So there's something that we got to talk about. I'm going to have a service announcement before we get into this episode. Because so, okay. this... You stopped story time. <laughs> now you're just like, I have an announcement to make at the beginning of this. Okay, this doesn't have to be a long announcement. I think people who are smart will understand this announcement. But I just want to start with this because this has been bothering me a lot lately. Okay, look. I understand sometimes I have things written on my shirt. Okay, I also understand that I am a lady, and then, you know, they're not small, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you, anytime, girl, boy, whatever, cat, if you're reading my shirt, I think you're looking at my boobs. Did you do that? Is that what I did earlier? Because I was looking at your shirt, and then you're like, I have an announcement. I'm like, what? It wasn't just because of that. It did also happen earlier. And this has been happening to me a significant amount lately. And I'm just like, just don't do it, guys. Like, if I'm wearing a shirt and it has words on it, just don't. Ask me about it if you feel like it. But just ignore it. It's just for me. I just pull it out and then let them read it. I just assume they're trying to read my shirt and I pull it out and look at them. So either they feel awkward or they go, oh. (laughs) See, that's how I deal with it. Or they just go, oh, yeah, I was looking at your boobs. I mean, that's what their face says, so that I get to know. Because, I mean, I'm a little bigger, so then it's just a bigger problem in general. Look, it's fine. I just wanted to put this service announcement out there because it keeps happening to me, and it's like, I just can't do it. That's it. That's Stop the looking whole... at my shirt boobs. <laughs> that's the whole service announcement. That's our whole code open. We're talking about movies, our favorite ones. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good energy to start on. I'm annoyed. Let's keep going. (laughs) Okay. So we want to talk about movies and particularly our favorite ones, which I don't think, I guess at this point we haven't talked about movies at all because we we did TV comedies and I think we kind of briefly touched on movie comedies in there, but we haven't talked about our favorite movies. So that's what this is. Right. And I want to preface before you guys know my list and my reasoning and so on and so forth, which I will get into Krista said it was surprising this wasn't on there, and it's because it's implied. Lord of the Rings is my favorite series of all time, so that's not technically on my list because it's like the Neil Pert of movies where I'm like, you don't have to say it. It's the best one. <laughs> so, like, before anyone goes, I thought you love Lord of the Rings. I love it so much, I don't need to say it anymore. Like, it's just it's part, part of, of me. So, before anyone gets mad at me, because even Krista was like, why isn't that on there? <laughs> I wasn't mad about it. I was just surprised because Julie, so we'll get into this here in a minute, but Julie's got like a very specific way that she does this. And so when she was like going through it with me, I was like, I'm confused. Like there doesn't seem to be like a section for Lord of the Rings. Am I I missing something? And then she was like, oh, it's just implied. It's part of my heart. It's It's fine. I don't need to say it anymore. (laughs) Okay. So just to kind of start this off before we get into the juicy bits, uh, do we want to talk about just, like, how we feel about movies in general? Like, what are our personal tastes? What do we think makes a good movie? What do we think makes a bad movie? Well, we already went over that we just don't like comedies <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so I don't think we need to go into that. Obviously, Kristen and I watch comedies. We're just having a hard time finding ones that we like that are not old. So other than that, 
I mean, personally, I watch everything. Um, I do have certain preferences, like with horror movies, I do prefer the funny ones because are the based on true story ones because those ones actually bother me. <laughs> but otherwise, like I'm not that picky. I don't. I have to be in the mood for a lot of genres, but I have like a favorite movie of every genre. So I mean, yeah, I um, I know like we kind of differ. A, well, I mean, you have some things too. I'm, I mean, like you could say, I guess that I'm tame. I don't know if I'm that tame. Cause I like, I don't necessarily have a problem with horror. I don't tend to like it, but that's just because I don't like torture porn. And a lot of horrors tend to fall in that category. I like things if they're, I think it's like, I like things if they're like more psychological, but like not in the psychological way where they're going to fuck me up <laughs> because I am very visual. It's a weird thing about me, but like sometimes even stuff that's not scary, but it's like super visual will bother me. I'm a exactly lot. the same way. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, people ask me because horror movies won't bother me at all. Like, what? What is that supposed to bother me? I laugh when it gets bloody and gory and horrific while people are sitting there covering their eyes. I'm laughing. Like that's the kind of person I am. But it's imagery. There's certain imagery that even on non-horror movies, I'm like, well, now I'm haunted. Thank you. Like, I think we've talked about it. Signs? That stupid videotape of, like, the kids' party where the alien walks? I am still haunted by that to this day. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was about that. And apparently I'm not alone. Apparently a lot of people got bothered by that. That's weird. Yeah, I brought it up and people were like, oh, my God, I know you're talking about it. I'm like, yes, it haunts me. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and so there'll be things like that. And, like, the new It movies. I thought I'd be fine, and I'm in the theater to watch the first one, and I see his eyes light up, and then his teeth and his voice, and I went, I think I need to leave. I think I need to go, because I'm going to see those eyes when I'm driving, and I'm going to have a problem. <laughs> like, I'm just, I yeah. don't think I can handle this. Oh, yeah, and so, like, one of the problems that I'll have, I mean, okay, I already have issues sleeping. I'm, I'm a really bad sleeper. But if I watch, like, a movie that's very visual, I will have major problems oh, yeah. sleeping. You gotta watch a Disney movie after. Yeah. <laughs> or watch it during chill. the day. Like, <laughs> and I think the things that bother me most are things that are sensory. So, like, if it's, like, something particular where, like, they're making a big point out of, like, feeling or, like, tasting. Or, or like, like, you hear the texture when they touch it yeah, kind of thing. That yeah. kind of stuff. Like, it just, like, will stay <laughs> in me and I'll keep thinking about it and... So that tends to be why I don't like horror. I do. I will admit, I do like funny horrors. Like, I actually love uh, Tucker, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. I love that. <laughs> um, that is one of my favorites. Uh, the other thing that I don't particularly like, and I think that this does kind of go with what I was just talking about. I don't like really sad movies. That's because, like, it does, like, it really affects me. I think it just is because I'm, like... I'm this type of person. So, like, if it... And so, like, what I'm talking about here is, like, the movies where the point is to make you feel like the dregs of humanity. Precious. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Moonlight. I didn't watch Moonlight, but this is the reason why I didn't watch Moonlight. Or, I don't know. There was, like, another one that came out at the same time, and it was, like... Oh, oh that's what it's called. Manchester by the Sea. Everybody who was talking about that movie, it came out around the same time as Moonlight, but... Everybody was talking about that movie. They're like, oh, this is like the best movie ever. But then when they describe the plot, they're like, this will make you feel like absolute shit. But it is the best movie. And I'm like, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> I, if Moonlight's what I think it is, is that with uh, 
I think it's like about gay guys and it's like during the 80s or something and it's sad from that perspective. It's supposed to be a fairly sad movie, but I didn't watch it because I don't. That's just not a thing that I enjoy. I'm fine with people who enjoy that. And so like the other thing I will mention just like kind of about this in general, I like it more when movies just have all these things. I don't necessarily like it when a movie just focuses on it because like I'm fine with a movie being somewhat sad. I just don't want it to be so sad that like all I think about for two weeks is how much I hate myself. <laughs> I don't take it that seriously. I like sad movies that have movement is what I put it. Like I'll keep using Precious because it's just the one that people know when it comes to mind. That's just, hey, so you started pretty low. Let's keep going. We're never going up the hill. Like It just keeps going down. Like every second you think something good could happen, it doesn't. And I think sad movies need to have movement where like, it makes it sadder in a way, but it doesn't make you sad the entire time where it has an uplifting moment where there's hope, there's a chance, and then they cut you down. That I'm fine with. <laughs> that I can do. I like movies to have a point. Whatever that point is, I like movies to have a point. And with that one, the point of it was to be like, look how shitty this is. Isn't this so shitty? And to me, that's not enough of a point. Like, what am I supposed to do with that information? I can't do anything. It's one thing if you show how shitty it is and then try to put in, like, steps towards fixing it and showing me how to do those steps. Yeah. That's not what they did. They literally were just like, no, you need to know how shitty life is. Like, okay, that's not conducive and, to what we're doing. Like, and I will say, I people do like these movies. So, yeah. you know. It's we're not just, saying we don't like you. Me. <laughs> I just tend to like things that are more like rounded that are like complex essentially so like you know it can have sad moments it can have happy moments it can have I mean like you said I think ultimately I do like my stories to have a point of some kind whatever that's gonna be I do the other thing is too is I do tend to like movies that are bittersweet I don't think I actually have any on here though but that is something that I like I like bittersweet like I like it like you know when like you find happiness but it's not necessarily what you were looking for like mm -hmm. something like that that's that is something that I like and so it's kind of one of those where it's like oh that kind of sucks but like okay I get it <laughs> yeah I think well with mine mine kind my taste in movies kind of goes back and forth I do like the well-rounded movies it's like ah everything in this is just like so well done and I love this concept and then I sometimes just like movies that are just what they are like yeah. John Wick is an action flick there's nothing else you can call that. And I love it. I think it's amazing because they steered into it. They weren't trying to be more than what they were. That's when it irritates me. Like with movies like The Notebook. That's just a chick flick. Accept that. Like just steer into that or do something different. And it's like people make it this huge movie of like, it's so emotional and great. I'm like, it's a chick flick. Don't. It's nothing more than that. It's 50 first dates. But a chick flick instead of a comedy. Just let it go. Like, I don't understand why people are obsessed with this. <laughs> like, so. I don't know. That's still one that I've never watched. And I don't know if that offends people. I mean, our five listeners, I don't know if that offends you. But I just, I don't know. I So, I mean, we've talked about this before that, like, I do like that kind of stuff sometimes. Like, I'll watch things that are on Netflix that are like chick flicks and this and that. Um, I wouldn't, like, necessarily say they're normally, like, my favorite movies. It's normally for me just, like, I'm in they're kind of they're kind of <laughs> garbagey. I just want something to be on. I want to be entertained for, like, an hour and a half. Mine's when I'm emotional because I'm like, well, I don't seem nearly as emotional as these bitches, <laughs> so it makes me feel better. 
But with the note, I like Rachel McAdams. So I watch pretty much anything with her in it. And she's in a lot of those Nicholas Sparks movies. So I've seen most of them. <laughs> anyway, we should move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we should, before we get into this, because th- I'm going to just kind of make this quick. And if you have like some things that you want to talk about, like movies that didn't make this cut, you can do that too. Because that's kind of what I'm going to get into here. I'm going to start with for me, this is a hard topic, just to say, top three favorite movies. I'm just going to put it up top. These are not my top three favorite movies. <laughs> I messed up already. So, by the way, I'm a liar. <laughs> We're just going to pretend that it is, though, because for me, movies are so fluid. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I have this issue, and I think it's because I'm a critic. And I always hate to say that, but it's true. Like, I am the type of person where I am looking for the perfect something. I don't really know, like, why, but, like, I feel that way about books. I feel that way about movies. Like, I I, I don't know why. Like, I'm just, like, looking for this perfect experience. It's been very rare that it's happened. I will say, probably one of the ones that it has happened in for me is Fellowship of the Rings, which, just so you guys know, that's my favorite movie. The reason why I'm not going to talk about it today is because in, like, two weeks from now, we're going to spend a whole episode talking about Lord of the Rings. Not going to talk about it here and waste your time. (laughs) Go listen to that episode. (laughs) Or patiently wait if you happen to be in those two weeks or patiently waiting. The other one, which I finally decided was my second favorite movie, is Pride and Prejudice. I had to put that on here because I watched this movie like once a year. I was thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, that's probably one of my favorite movies. I watched that once a year. I don't watch hardly any movies repeated except for Lord of the Rings and Pride and Prejudice. But also, I just talked about Pride and Prejudice. So what we're going to do for me is I'm going to talk about five, four, and three. And we're just going to pretend that it's all fine. (laughs) But you know... Two is Pride and Prejudice. Number one is Fellowship, Lord of the Rings. So. So, I have a much different method than Krista. (laughs) I I don't know why. I think it's, we might have an episode about this, but I think it might be because I'm usually single. And so then I have to have answers to very specific questions on dates. And like, because of who I am as a person. (laughs) And so people always ask, so what are some of your favorite music? What's some of your favorite movies? Instead of being like, well, I don't know. I go, okay, here's number one, two, three, four. Like, I have an answer. <laughs> That's just who I am. So, like, I have a set of rules specifically designed for my favorite movies. And that's, there's no genre repeats. With the top five, you can't have genre repeats because, I mean, then they'll just all be comic books or sci-fi, like the whatever genre is your favorite. So that's one rule I put. Two, four and five are always moving around. Four and five are kind of like mood or change-ups, but one, two, and three are almost always the same. I did recent, not recently, like years ago, it seems recent, I had a change-up with my music, my top five favorite bands, number three had to change, because like the last three albums that they came out, I hated. (laughs) So I was like, I gotta demote you, man. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) you let me down. (laughs) So So do you want to say what your five and four are currently? uh, I'm just gonna list a handful that usually rotate. And four and five, because like I said, with the genre repeat, two of my favorite movies can be kind of like one genre or the other. So then it depends on like what I say that genre is. So of like my four and five, I'll just list them off real quick, even though I probably should sit down and talk about them. Like Chick Flick, Easy A, that's almost always number four. 
That's a great movie. It's a great movie. Shrek is almost always like my animated favorite movie. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. We just mentioned that's Mike. I that's a comedy, but if I want to call it a horror movie, then that's my favorite horror movie. Swiss Army Man is my favorite drama, if that's what you want to call it. It's also kind of indie film comedy. Matrix. That is definitely like one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, if you call it action, I already have an action. If you call it sci-fi, then I might have a sci-fi. Like it's just one of those yeah, weird I don't genre. Know what you call that one? That yeah. one's weird. Because the same thing for my number one. It's like a sci-fi action. So they kind of both go hand in hand. Uh, Fearless is my favorite uh, martial arts movie. Stardust is my favorite fantasy movie. And then Minority Report is another like, is this action or is this sci-fi? Like depending on what I'm talking about. And last but not least, the Shawshank Redemption would be my favorite drama if, like, Swiss Army Man is considered a comedy or however you want to put it. So that's why I have a long list where it's like, well, it depends on how you do my rules with the genres. Like, so here's that. Well, not mentioning the ones that I already just mentioned. I mean, I've talked before about Big Fish. I had, like I said, I had a deep, like, thinking about all of this. I don't think that Big Fish is actually, like, one of my favorite movies when I, like, think about it. Because I don't think, like, I reach out to watch it very often. I like it. It's a good movie. It's one I like to recommend to people if they haven't seen it. I don't hate it. I certainly could rewatch it. It's just, it's not one that, for whatever reason, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch Big Fish. I rewatch movies a lot more than you. I wa- There's movies I watch every month. Like, that's just... And then you think it's hilarious that I've just like on repeat watch man of steel and you're like is that you even like that movie i'm like eh. <laughs> i mean i like it it's not in my top 10 or anything yeah i don't know i don't know why i just i watch a lot of movies actually but like a lot of times i do tend to watch new movies i mean there are ones that i rewatch. i rewatch lord of the rings a lot and i for whatever reason, rewatch Pride and Prejudice and like any of the other ones all the time. I don't know why I do that either. It's just every once in a while, I'm like, I want to watch this. And then I'll start watching one and I'm like, eh, keep going. (laughs) I I do the same thing. When I get in that mood, I'm like, let's just keep watching these. This is the mood I'm in. I don't feel the need to stop. (laughs) Who's going to stop me? Um, But some of my other ones that I just wanted to mention, these are definitely some of my favorites. I love Ella Enchanted. That's like kind of one of my favorite, like, younger person movies I don't really know what category you would put it in it's like kind of a musical but I wouldn't really call it a musical it was based on a book I don't know I just really like it for some reason it's really nostalgic my favorite Pixar movie is WALL-E that is just like one of my favorites I love that movie um one of my favorite comedies is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. If anybody out there hasn't seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I highly recommend this movie. It's very funny, but it's also very endearing, which is the thing I really like about it because like this movie is all about like a guy breaking up with his long-term girlfriend and like all the pain and like everything with that. And like for a while he still wants to be with her. And like, it's, it's a lot of like emotion to it, but then it is still a very funny movie. So I highly recommend that one. More recent one that I watched is called Hunt for the Wilder People. So I really like uh, Taika Waititi, which is also why Thor Ragnarok is on this list. Like, I just, I adore Taika Waititi. Hunt for the Wilder People is like one of, I don't know if it's his most recent movie at this point, but it's definitely like, I think this was like 2018. And this is just like, it's, this kind of, this movie gets really into what I was talking about at the beginning, that I like movies that are really well-rounded, because I would kind of put this movie in the category of being a comedy, 
but then it also hits like these really serious notes and it hits them really well. Sometimes the the humor is a little hit or miss for me, which I think is probably why it didn't like end up in like my top three. But I do really like this movie. If people haven't seen it, go see that movie. Yeah. So as usual, like Krista's list is like, I don't know, here's a bunch of stuff. I like these. And my list is like, there's a methodical process with this. <laughs> I will explain it to you so you can follow in my footsteps and be <laughs> greater best for it. <laughs> and be the best movie be person. Be best at answering random date questions. You have to pick genres. <laughs> like, there's a science to this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now I think we can get into our favorites. All right, so for my number three slash five, let me just put that out there real casually. <laughs> three slash five. Um, my three slash five is Howl's Moving Castle. This was kind of a very weird one for me because I feel like this is one where technically, like if you ask me this technically, probably Spirited Away is the better Howl Miyazaki movie, but I just like this one more. It's kind of a weird thing. I know that like if you ask people what their favorite Howl Miyazaki is, are a lot of times this doesn't come up which is fine I just really like it I think it's a very pretty movie and I think that's what gets me a lot it it gets me too in spirited away but like there's a lot of scenes in this movie I just really like and I think they're really beautiful like I love the scene that's in Hal's bedroom like where it's like all green and it's literally just got like a million little like tic tacky things all going around and all the little like objects oh my gosh that's like one of my favorite stills of anything ever I love that so much I also love the castle like I think the castle's really cool like it's industrial it's kind of like it's not pretty I guess I would say but I love the design of it like it's really cool and like when you see it in these pretty places it's like oh <laughs> the castle <laughs> and I mean of course I love Calcifer that's definitely part of it and oh the other part of this I was going to mention too is I think I do really relate to Sophie which is part of it so like I could understand like maybe why some people wouldn't like Sophie she's kind of weird and I get that I love Sophie because I'm, so, I'm so used to the especially in those kinds of movies where the main character is just like like close me and she's just like I'll just roll with it she's just like oh shut up and like just roll. like I love Sophie I think she's yeah. hilarious she just so, one day wakes up and is like 80 years old and she goes all right then yeah like, yeah I was gonna get into that like the basic plot just that I'm not gonna get like way into the plot but like the basic plot is, is there's like this young girl she's like 18 something along those lines she gets like cursed by a witch and the witch turns her into an old person. And like basically before that, she kind of already felt like she was frumpy and like she wasn't like a very interesting person, all this stuff. So then when she wakes up and she's an old lady, she's like, Welp, <laughs> might as well make this work. I was already dressed this way. Like, she just, <laughs> yeah. like who would do that? Like that's just so out there. It cracks me up. Yeah, and that's just yeah, I really I like Sophie a lot. But like I understand like some people, she's not you know, she's certainly not as badass as Princess Mononoke or, like... Who is? <laughs> yeah, Princess Mononoke. <laughs> she, like... <laughs> what? Does, doesn't, like, Princess Mononoke, like, eat somebody's heart or something? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, pretty badass. <laughs> pretty badass. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you like this one, too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's one of my favorite Studio Ghibli movies. Is this your favorite, or what is your favorite? Because I'm not sure I know. I still haven't watched all of them. Well, just out of the ones you've watched. Out of the ones I've watched, I love Totoro. Yeah. It just, I would I would probably like Howl's Moving Castle the most, 
It's literally just the scene when May is holding corn and crying about how mean her sister is. It cracks me up every single time. And that's why I love it. It's like, you're so mean. She starts crying and she keeps walking and holding the corn. Like, that's why I love it. Like, that's it's that scene. I'm like, okay, this is my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, this one just for some reason really resonates with me and like. You know, to put an animated one on here, I think this is the only animated one. Yeah, it is. So, just for me, I do like animated movies sometimes, and I think, like, out of all the animated movies that I can think of, this one probably is my favorite. I just like the story. It's kind of like, it goes in the same vein to me as, like, something like Pride and Prejudice, where it's just, like, it's really easy to watch. Like, I, I don't necessarily care about the plot that much, but it's just, it's pretty. I like to watch it. It makes me feel good. That's kind of it. Also, I will throw in a fun fact here. I've read this book. The movie is better. <laughs> Just FYI for anybody who cared to know. They're similar, but they're also different. And I like the movie better. So. Fair enough. That rarely happens. It does. Although, it happened twice. <laughs> you will see a trend in my stuff here. Because I don't know. I guess sometimes I do this thing where if I like a movie, I will read the book. Yeah, I do the same. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I will also say, I read the book for Slumdog Millionaire. This is a weird thing. I don't know if people know this. Slumdog Millionaire was a book. Like the movie way better. Well, the, movie, the book's a lot more graphic, you were telling yeah, me. It's like... yeah. That book is rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a very rough read. And it's not necessarily bad. Like, I wouldn't say the book is bad. It's just, for me, I like the movie better. So. The same thing happened with Fight Club, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Fight Club. Fight Club is more... I don't know. Fight Club, to me, even just kind of seems weird as a book. Like, for anybody who has actually watched Fight Club, like... I feel like just the premise of it is strange to do in a book because, like, I don't know. Do I want... Who cares? I'm going to spoil this movie. Who cares? Like, the whole thing with, like, he's Tyler Durden. Like, I feel like at a certain point you have to realize, like, that you don't know the main character's name in a book. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Like, because you're reading it. Like, it's different than when you're watching a movie because, like, you can kind of, like, just, like, you know, dissociate from it a little bit. But, like, you're reading the ding-dang book. So, like, you're going to realize, like, hey, it's been, like, 100 pages, and this guy's still he. Do I know his Should name? I know his name? Should I flip back and, like, I miss it? But then, yeah, also the other thing is, is it's very graphic in a very unpleasant way. And I know that that's kind of the point, but I just thought the movie was more palatable for it. Like, whereas in the book, I was like, I don't need to know about this. I don't care. That's cool. So I skip this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Your turn. You take one. Okay. So my third, actual third favorite movie is The Dark Knight. I have my foyer is Dark Knight themed paint wise. This is almost perfect. My top three movies I would consider are perfect movies one way or another. Um, this one is so close. Literally the only flaw is fucking Christian Bale's voice when he's Batman. <gasps> Which we just did, the Christian Bale, Christian Bale. Yeah. Because Hal is Christian Bale. Yeah, so we got it back to back. Okay. Anyway, continue. Yeah, it's like, oh, real word, Shut the fuck up. Like, it... 
Why doesn't he just have a voice changer? I don't know. Okay, that's what that's my whole point. Is um, he's the perfect Bruce Wayne, and like this is what my mom says about Batman. He has to have a pretty mouth. So like, he does. So that works. And I get like I'm like it makes sense because that's what you see. But it's just a weird way to put it, mom. But anyway, so he does everything else perfectly. Like I think Christian Bale's a really good actor, even if he is kind of an asshole. But like, why? voice and literally every other fan feels the same way where they're just like why man why other than that that one little detail this movie's perfect the music is Hans Zimmer which is my favorite score composer all of this got Gary Oldman which is one of my favorite actors these are just details that are personal to me like you should know these people are great and then everything that like Heath Ledger that's his best role like it's so amazing the fluidity of like how the scenes go together the color even, like, the, I remember watching a behind-the-scenes, and the director was like, I want to flip a semi. And everybody's like, cool, we could do it in, like, the effects. And they're like, no, I want to <laughs> flip a semi. Like, so that's that whole part where, like, they're doing the cross ropes with the motorcycle and stuff, and it just, like, flips that semi up on mm. its top. That's real. Like, they did that. Oh, so this is Nolan, right? Yeah, this is Christopher Nolan. Yeah, because he's notorious for that. Because apparently he did that at Inception, too. Like, there's yeah. very little CGI in Inception. So, like, there's that one scene where um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's doing, like, the going around to the building and the buildings. Like, that is not CGI. Yeah. Like, he was actually, do they have him on wires? <laughs> they were, like, flipping the building around. Yeah. So, yeah, Christopher Nolan, he does crazy shit. Like... <laughs> Which I did want to say something along the lines of this. I want to talk about Marvel Infinity War for like half a second. I think Marvel Infinity War, specifically the first part, not the second part. I have That's a whole long conversation for later. We're just talking about the first part. <laughs> um, is one of the greatest movie experiences I've ever had. Like seeing that in theaters and being a part of that is one of like the highlights of my life. That being said, I don't think it's the best comic book movie. Because it's not as good if you don't watch the other 20-some movies. Like, that's what makes it so good, is you're essentially watching, like, a 100-plus-hour sequence come to an end. While Batman the Dark Knight, you can watch it by itself, and it's still amazing. Like, it's still a really good movie just standing alone. You don't even have to watch the first one. In fact, I think it's better if you don't watch the first one either. Yeah, it's confusing. The girl yeah. dies. Or, wait, no, she doesn't die, she but gets, she's... Different. She asked for too much money, is what she yeah. did. So she's not the same. Girl. Not the same. So she like, doesn't even look that similar. Well, if you ask me, which one did I enjoy more? I guess technically it would be Infinity War in theaters, but that one just doesn't have the quality by itself as much as this one, and that's why this one wins over that one. As, as a standalone, it just doesn't measure up by comparison. So that's my two cents on why this is a better comic book movie than. The Infinity War movie is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have, like, way too much to say about this one, just because I feel very neutral about this movie. There's definitely aspects I like about this movie, but, like, when it comes to superheroes and stuff, I don't tend to like the serious ones that much. I can. I think what bothers me in this movie is, like, I wish there was a bit more emotion. I think that's my... Because, like, for example, like, because I was talking with my husband about this the other day. Like, The Boys. Like, I don't know if you watch The Boys, but, like, The Boys is, like, super violent, super serious, like, all this kind of stuff. But I do like that one. And I think, like, the reason is because there's all these moments where it's, like, 
fucked up shit is happening and I'm gonna like have a moment and like Christian Bale doesn't really ever do that and like I get like the point is you know he's been Batman for a while he's like used to it this and that it's just I think that that for me would work a little bit better rather than it's just like nah I'm serious well they have like the other characters be very emotional by comparison because that's supposed to be part of yeah Batman's like I'm super intelligent and don't have any emotion so that's why they have like Two-Face show that he's turned because of emotion and that's also why they don't show as much emotion in joker because joker's supposed to be like batman's perfect arch nemesis when batman always plays on emotion and does that kind of weakness he can't do that with joker which is kind of the concept so i think they that was intentional because they made alfred emotional they even made rachel a little bit emotional half the time harvey was emotional gordon was super emotional throughout the whole thing so i think like I'm going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, That's it's, my argument it's your it. opinion. I just, I think, like, I don't know. Like, there's other superhero movies that, for me, I like better. Shazam. But, like, I get it. <laughs> I don't think I would put Shazam up that. I do like Shazam. But, like, I mean, I put Thor Ragnarok on here. I mean, and I don't even necessarily think that that's because it's funny. It just so happens that that movie really, there's a few parts in Thor Ragnarok that really get me. Like the stupid part with the fucking snake and him stabbing Thor and like <laughs> that part. I like how they just <laughs> throw it in there. Like it's not even important in any way. He just says it. Yeah, like, it's not, but it's so perfect. Because he was just like, yeah, he's a bastard. He just like, he stabbed me once. Like one time he just turned into a snake. And he knows just, I love snakes. <laughs> I went up there and got past, And then he got up and he stabbed me. And he's like, oh, stab. And I was like, ah. <laughs> but anyway, like. It's not necessarily that I like them to be goofy. It's just, yeah. But I mean, because like, I will say, Heath Ledger, perfect. Like, Heath Ledger was great. I just think that there's like some things that, like, for me, the way that I am about superheroes, that the that Batman saga doesn't like quite line up with like how I feel about it. Because I do, I like Batman. I like DC. Like, this is, I think, something we've talked about before. I like DC. It's just... I think a lot of, I mean, the Dark Knight excluded because they figured that out. (laughs) They got that right. (laughs) They figured that out. But like all the other DC stuff, they've not really like, because like they've done DC TV shows before and things. And it's like been like, okay, like it's made sense. Like, didn't you watch, did you watch um, Justice League? Like the like animated one? Yeah. Yeah. Like those are solid. The animated DC is on point. Do it. (laughs) But then it's like for whatever reason, like in the live ones, it's like they don't <laughs> they don't understand why people like DC. Right. Is what it feels like to me. It's not like I'm not saying Marvel is different from DC. Like that just is what it is. Like you can sit here and Xbox fanboy me, PS4 fanboy me, all you want. I don't care. They're just different. different. Whatever. You can like both of them. You can like whatever. I'm just saying. I don't think the people who have been making DC stuff understand why people no, like DC. They really don't. Let's... <laughs> okay. So, do you have anything else you want to say about Dark Knight? Or are we moving into It's so great. Night? It's wonderful. I have one last story bit about it. So, my brother and I watch a lot of comic book movies in theaters together. And for this one, he had recently been gotten married. And so, he wanted to bring his wife, of course. Like, have us bond, that kind of thing. So we go, and my brother and I do not talk. <laughs> we are not movie talkers in any way. In fact, in Infinity War, when we went to go see it, the only thing we did is we did gasp when Cap got the hammer. 
because what else would you do other than just instantly have like an erection like just done like <laughs> it's the best moment ever of my life so like we both went like we just gasped like oh my god what's happening <laughs> that's the only time either one of us have made a noise in a theater okay so we watched the whole dark night don't say a word and the other thing we do is as soon as it's over we talk a mile a minute like pros cons what we loved all this stuff we were dead silent the entire time after watching dark night we got in the car we hadn't said a word like the entire time and finally his wife was like did you guys like it and we went that that was the greatest movie i've ever seen in my life like it was just that was so good there's there's nothing to talk about like it's perfect like we just sat there like it just got so confused his wife like what is happening did you two get broken like so yeah that's my last thing about that <laughs> I like that both of you had the exact yeah. same rate like just, it wasn't even like one of you was just like hey I want to talk about you know that time when Joker stabbed his guy's head through the pencil I was like no no <laughs> words need to be spoken right now I don't need to talk about the Joker <sighs> where to begin oh yes this story time actually does kind of involve Julie because you were here for this so I will say, of, like, all the traveling things that I've done, I've not really had, like, a lot of weird, like, I don't know, like, I've heard before, people will talk about, like, going on a cruise, and it's like, you'll see somebody, like, you'll see, like, somebody you went to high school with, and it's like, whoa, like, what are the odds, you know, like, I've never had anything like that happen, it's like, normally, like, I go somewhere, and it's just like, yep, I'm here, and I go home, and I'm like, cool, that was the thing, I didn't have to think about the real world, this was different, now, this did happen when Julie and I went to Seattle, and it was also one of the oddest things that happened, just absolutely, because first of all, this was like the day we were leaving. We were in a car getting gas. The other person was on the side of the, like the opposite side of the street, and it wasn't like a small street. It was like four lanes or something, so like they were a distance away, and like not a close enough distance that we could have been like, hey, <laughs> but like we both saw this person and we're like, is, is that X, Y, Z person? Like, that's really weird, especially like to just see them like just walking down the street and, you know, that sort of thing. We were both like in the car too. So like, that's another reason why we weren't just like, hey. Yeah. So like, we would have had to like get out of the car and like actively, and they were like, you know, going like a different direction and stuff. So like, it would, it would have been quite a thing to like go and say anything to this person. And so because of all the things that I just aforementioned, uh, we weren't sure that it was this person because we were a distance away. Like, and it been years. It was weird. Thing. We were all the way across the country. It did not make sense on like any level. We live in a very small town where most people don't ever move out, or so, even vacation. <laughs> yeah, or even vacation. Yeah, that too. So then we got on Facebook and looked it up. And that person had moved to Seattle, so it was definitely that person. Yeah. And I think even somehow we found, like, not the exact address, but really close. And the B&B &B we stayed in was, like, two streets down or something ridiculous. And we're like, that's unnerving. Like, that's <laughs> strange. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, I mean, 
Yeah, it just I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I don't really know why. And we're getting ready to talk about travel. And I just thought it was a really interesting story, especially just from the fact that Julie and I were both like, wait a minute, that person? (laughs) It can't be. No way. And then we both looked it up and we're like, oh, crap. It is. It is definitely that person. Wow. Of all the things. the task at hand um (laughs) so my second favorite movie by the way i wanted to add for these top three they've been in their place since the movie came out like essentially (laughs) more or less so my second favorite movie is a movie called galaxy quest beautiful it is there's a documentary about how perfect this movie is if that's not credibility enough of my standard of taste i feel like what else am I going to do? <laughs> it's literally one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, there, There's not a single thing I don't like about this movie. There's not even a moment that I go, they could have done this. I love every part of this movie every time I watch it. I never want to skip anything. There's so many stupid details that just make so much more sense that are just so funny. And the documentary was pointing so many out that I didn't even realize. I went, that's so right. It's down to the frame size. They changed frame size constantly to give you this different perspective. So they'll do it like the superstar of the show will have the widest frame. So it's like, look at everything he has. And then like the B class actor who happens to be Alan Rickman gets like the most narrow frame. Like it's stupid stuff like that. that they really? do. Yeah. And when they do any of the space sequence, they widen it out like in a very specific way. That's the kind of stuff this movie does. It does such small minute details. So for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, because you don't know me and I haven't like made you watch this. Um, the best way to describe this movie is it's kind of a spoof on Star Trek. The idea is that these characters are in this show called Galaxy Quest. That's very much Star Trek-esque. And they're actors. But they get put into a situation that is just like the show. But it's their reality now. So they're actors in the real life Star Trek. And they have to pretend like they know what they're doing with this alien race and save the planet kind of a thing. They go to space. Like, yeah, it's like that kind of level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they go to space. (laughs) There's aliens. Like, it's this whole bit. And it's the funniest freaking... It's a comedy. It's so funny. It's the funniest movie I've, like, ever seen. And it's Tim Allen. It's Sigourney Weaver. It's Alan Rickman. It's Monk. (laughs) What's guy's name? It's... Adrian something. It's it's Monk. Yeah, the Monk guy. The Monk guy. And then a bunch of, like, minor characters that are now, like, popular actors and actresses today. Like, Dwight from The Office Yeah, I was watching this the other day, and I was like, oh my god, that's Dwight. Yeah, it's Dwight. He's in it. And it's just, it's so great. And then when you watch the documentary, they talk about how a lot of the characters, they just went to the actors, like, what do you want to do? Like, and people, that's why it was so good is because so much of it was so many different people's perspectives and ideas. So it wasn't just a director and a writer and a producer saying, this is what you do. It was like, what do you want to do? Okay. Well, I think this guy should talk like this and do this thing. And he's going to have a limp and he's like, go like run with it. That sounds hilarious. Like, let's go. And then even they didn't want Tim Allen as like the main actor. They thought that he wasn't, they wanted like a Kirk esque character and they didn't think that he would represent that correctly and they ended up like going I don't remember why they said they ended up going with him but they just went it wouldn't have been the same movie it wouldn't have been so perfect without every single piece that happened with this like there was something happened that day and made this perfect movie 
And that is definitely how I feel about it. I love that movie. I quote it all the time. It, I watch it once a month. Like, it is a great, great movie. Yeah, I I do really love this movie, too. It's, it's not one that, like, I think about that often, but every time I watch it, I love this movie. Especially Alan Rickman, although it makes me very sad now. But, like, I love his character because he's, like, basically, like, this... Like, he went to, like, a like a professional school, right? He's, like, an English actor, all this kind of I'm stuff. I'm an actor, and, damn it. <laughs> and he plays, like, the alien. So, like, the whole time he wears the alien headpiece. He never takes it off. Like, he's just so serious. But it's just, it's so funny. And he's got, like, a famous tagline. And, like, he hates saying it. And, like, crap, that's Hannah. <laughs> but then, like, everybody forces him to say it. And yeah. it's just, what a savings. <laughs> I... It's Every so time Alan Rickman is in, honestly, almost anything, I love him unreasonably because, like, he's a, he's so quirky in such a weird way. Like, it's, like, half the time it's surprising to see him in stuff because he's he always does, like, way more than, like, what you would expect. Like, he's the kind of actor where, like, you would kind of almost expect him to be one note. But, like, if you watch some of his movies, he, like, he that. plays anything. He'll do, like, anything. So, yeah. Well, what I love about Alan Rickman is that every character he plays has little pieces to them, like little quirks, little ways they move their face. Like, he really creates a whole person for every role that he does. So, like, for Galaxy Quest, it's a lot of, uh, like, he just sighs so much. He rolls his eyes. He has all this. And then all the headgear. Like, he has to move differently because he has that headgear, and you can see it, like, that he changes. They were talking about in uh, Dogma how he added everything to that character. Or not Dogma, shit. Uh, they are talking about Die Hard and how Gruber is such the, like, epic villain. And it's not because of the reason you think. You're like, oh, it's because he's German and all this stuff. No, he has all these little ticks, these little, like, motions. The way he moves his hands is very specific to that character and that really added such depth to it. So he, anytime he's in something, it's like, okay, well, he'll be good. <laughs> like, even I can watch him, so I'll watch this movie kind of a thing. Yeah. But this one is just... It's my absolute favorite with him, of course. <laughs> I do also love actors who are, like, good at being villains in a weird way. Because, like, one of, like... they're likable in a well, way. Well, so, human. like, Adam Driver, for example. Like, he just pulls it off so well. And even, too, like, one of the other ones I always talk about is Ben Barnes, who... He was, like, in Westworld. He was, like, the dark-haired guy with the... Uh, Lone Ranger type cowboy. I forget what his name was in there. Uh, he was Jigsaw. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say Jigsaw. There we go. I forgot about that. Yes, he was Jigsaw. But like, he's got this thing and this face and this way of being that you're like, I do want to punch you. <laughs> like, this Feel is it. a lot. Like, you don't have to go this hard, but like, I believe it. Like, how do you do this? That's I'm just, perfect, man. Yeah, it's like so, like, it's like he doesn't have a soul. <laughs> Which is, his body. which is very weird because from what I, I mean, I also understand this with Alan Rickman, but like, they're very likable people. Mm -hmm. They're like <laughs> lovely people whenever you watch anything. Like they just do silly stuff all the time. You're like, you know, they're a cool person, but man, like, there has to be something dark in them to play those, like, to pull it off in such a way. You have to do some sort of deep understanding of that kind of complexity. Maybe it's like that build because they are all kind of the same. That like, like angular... Dark hair, dark eyed, yeah, I mean, angular. Maybe probably. there's something about that, but it's weird because, like, I swear it was like Ben Barnes, particularly. You'll look at him sometimes and it's like, 
you're evil. <laughs> like, this, I don't know how, like, you do that. Like, it's that perfect. Like, you come across, like, an asshole entirely. <laughs> and I mean, you know, obviously Alan Rickman does that, too. But, yes, Galaxy Quest. We agree. Great movie. <laughs> I do love this movie. I just... Yeah, I don't think about it that often. That's really why it's not on my It's list. one of my family movies. Like, it's, I have a handful of movies that my whole family, we watched a lot. And by my whole family, I mean my dad insisted upon watching a lot. And this is one of them. This, The Incredibles, Waterworld, Hellboy. Yeah, those are my dad's favorite movies. Um, the, the Day After Tomorrow. He loves The Incredibles. Uh, okay. Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Okay. Yeah. Those are all, like, my dad's favorite That's movies. fair. <laughs> that was, like, a, that was a weird time in movie history. Because, like, I feel like... That movie was very good. It was made to be, like, for all ages. And everybody was just, like... Yeah, everyone loved Sunk those. their teeth into that. And they were, like... We're... And that was the weirdest thing, too. Because I don't think Disney thought that that was going to do good. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then it did good. And it's, like... That was okay. cool. <laughs> Money. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, should now. do this more often. Let's keep doing it, man. You had more written, right? Let's go. <laughs> okay. All right. So, should I talk about my next one? I mean, your number four. <laughs> yeah, my number four slash two. <laughs> two four. Four, four slash two. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to talk about The Edge of Tomorrow. This is a very weird one, but I don't know why. I really like this movie. It's a very strange one. And I think part of the reason I like this movie so much is maybe like the small bit of hipster in me. Not a lot of people have seen this movie, and I think it's, like, one of those. Like, it kind of feels like one of those ones where I can enjoy it, <laughs> and it's, like, just for me. Opinion, yeah. yeah, and so this one is a weird one where it's the kind of thing where, like, if I explain it, a lot of people will probably be like, what are you talking about? This sounds really stupid. It's, like, essentially a sci-fi Groundhog Day scenario. <laughs> And I say Groundhog Day scenario because it's like a day that keeps repeating. That's what I mean when I'm saying that. And it sounds really weird. But for me, I don't know why I really like this dumb trope. It's one of those things where like pretty much any time that I can think of that people have put this in things, I like it. I don't know why. Like there's just something about the repeating the day thing. Because like another one I watched, I think it came out in 2020. And I think I told you about this one is Palm Spring. It's on Hulu, and it's kind of, it's another Groundhog Day scenario. Um, maybe I should, like, explain some of these. So, like, Groundhog Day scenarios, they don't always, like, have to be the same thing, right? So, like, in Groundhog Day, it's very specific. He is repeating one day over and over. There's, like, not really a lot of rules either. It's just, like, he repeats this day. And then, I guess, eventually he falls in love, and for some reason that breaks the curse. I don't, <laughs> it's bizarre. Then, in, like, The Edge of Tomorrow, The Edge of Tomorrow is a sci-fi. And so, like, the way that they do this Groundhog Day scenario is, essentially, it's, like, attached to an alien species. Um, the, like, the basic premise of this movie is there's, like, this alien species. I don't remember what the year is, but it's sometime in the future. This alien species comes to Earth, and they are basically just wrecking shit. Like, they are doing so good they've like basically won every single battle they've ever done like people they cannot win against them and so essentially the main character who is tom cruise is like on the day where the aliens are going to destroy the world like that is what is about to happen and he lives through that day 
and then accidentally kills a weird alien. After he kills that weird alien, he starts repeating this day. This day, like, that the end of the world is going to happen. And it's interesting because there, there do end up being a lot of rules behind this because, like, essentially it's, like, a power that the aliens have. So, like, the whole thing is, like, he has to figure out, like, how to end this time loop and then also, like, end the aliens so that way the world doesn't get destroyed. And it's just, like, it's a cool action movie. And there's also, like, weirdly funny moments in it. Also, Emily Blunt is in this movie. It is this weird movie that nobody has really ever seen. And I swear, I just really like this movie. <laughs> but just getting back to my last point, and then I'll kind of stop with this. Um, Palm Spring, which is also another Groundhog Day scenario. I, I will just kind of mention. This one is, like kind of like Groundhog's Day, but then also kind of mixed with Edge of Tomorrow, because, like, in that one, there are more rules. It's, like, kind of like Groundhog's Day if there were rules. Like, it, there's, like, they give, like, a reason behind why it's happening. It's not just, like, I don't know, man, you were an asshole. Just, like, relive this day until you fall in love. Like, what? <laughs> How does that make any sense? No, there's, like, science. They give, like, a scientific reason behind it, and uh, the thing I like about that one is, like, that one is, like, specifically, like, a difference of opinion because, like, you have the one character and he's kind of, like, a layabout, doesn't really care about life kind of goofy kind of guy. And he's like, I just live the same day. There's no consequences. Like, why wouldn't I like that? Whereas the one girl, basically, because of the setup, keeps reliving the worst day of her life. And so, like, for her, it's like, no, oh, I want to get out of this. I think I remember even yeah. previews or something. I have a question for you, but I need to look something up. <gasps> okay. Secret question. Secret question. Okay. So, okay. You were just saying you pretty much always like this Groundhog Day, like, whatever it is, you like the idea. Do you know there's a horror movie series with the same concept? She re she keeps dying in horrific ways and then wakes up and has to do it again and has to figure out like not to get yeah. killed that way like a video game is what I think of it as more. I like. saw like trailers for this. Yeah, it's called a uh, Happy Death Day. Okay. There are like technically four of them. It says there's like these four movies have time loops. The incident. Well, there's forty six movies that have time shit. <laughs> 12 days of Christmas. Okay. What? <laughs> 12.01, p.m., Before I Fall, Blood Punch, Boss Level. All oh, these are, like, mostly slaughtered. Christmas Day, Christmas Day Do-Over. And Christmas movies. <laughs> uh, yeah. Edge of Tomorrow, The Endless, The Fair, Final... We need to just watch marathon, like, let's loop a marathon of yeah. looper movies. Like, Have you seen this movie? The Edge no. of Tomorrow? No. You, like, okay. had me borrow it, and then I watched uh, What We Do in the Shadows, and then not... <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird, it really is a weird one. I don't know why, I just, like, it is a good action movie, too. What? We gotta watch this one. What? <laughs> Coco di Coco Da. What? Came out in 2019. A struggling couple on a camping trip is caught in a time loop where they are tormented by a group of fairy tale characters. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I need it. <laughs> like, right, I'm I mean, it. I would even watch... Probably the first death day. I'm guessing they probably because horror, horror movies Palm are not. Palm Springs. Yeah, I do recommend Palm Springs too. 
Like Palm Springs, it's like a comedy. Like it's pretty lighthearted, but like I really ended up liking it. I thought it was pretty well done for like just being a random movie that's on Hulu. Have you seen Time Machine? With uh, mm, yeah, shit, what's his name? Guy Pierce. I think like forever. Ago. That's another one that my dad watches all the time. That's our family movies because his is like the idea is he's trying to save his fiance, and every time he goes back in time. She still gets killed, like, a different way, no matter what he does. Is that technically a Groundhog's Day, though? I don't think so. I think it's just a time machine movie. But that, okay. it reminded me, because I read another one that we need to watch. <laughs> See You Yesterday, from 2019. The film follows the story of an ambitious science protege, or prodigy, whatever, who uses her power S and capabilities to create time machines in order to save her brother, who's been killed by a police officer. As she tries to alter the events of the past, she will eventually face the perilous consequences of time. Same concept, different person. But they didn't put Time Machine on here. That's why I'm like, why is that one different? (laughs) Maybe it's because it's not a loop. Maybe. Because, I mean, like, typically in loop movies, it's like, you're doing, it's like the same day or something. Like, there's like a a time period that you just keep, like. Technically, Groundhog's Day is not the first one. Yeah, I mean. Urusa Yatasura 2, Beautiful Dreamer, from 84 is. That sounds like that's probably, like, weirdly horrible. student of Tomobuki High School relive the day before their high school festival over and over again. There was, now that you say that, there was, like, another one. This is probably more recent. I feel like I saw one that was, like, kind of like that. But yeah, Groundhog Day came out in 93. Oh, there's one from 83. Is there, like, an animated one, like, that's more recent? Because I swear, like, I've seen, yeah, like... Okay. So that's the very first one, but it's been released three different times. There's the live-action version, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, which is based on a novel. That was out in 83. And then in 2006, they came out The Girl Who Leapt Through Time and animated. And then in 2010, they came out with The Girl Who Leapt Through Time live-action again. <laughs> so that's, like, the first one. Okay. Who accidentally gains really the like ability it. to time travel, who she experiments with attempts to alter past, leading her journey through multiple time loops. Yeah. Who created this? Who, I gotta who spend all this time. Somebody like me. <laughs> yeah, like, because I do. I always, I don't know what it is, but like, this is just, a, I think I do. It's, it's weird. I like time stuff. I know a lot of people don't. I know like, they're like, it's kind of cheesy. It's kind of stupid. Like, whatever. Like, it wouldn't really happen. Whatever. It's like, it, none of that matters to me. I don't <laughs> care. I just find it interesting. I like the concept of it. I like the concept of like, you know, like, trying to do things, but, like, not wanting to have consequences, or even, like, I think the thing that I like about the Groundhog's Day scenario is, like, the people learn. Yeah. Like, they slowly become, like, an advanced human, basically, because it's, like, you're really, like, you start to know everything. Like, you know, like, where people are gonna step, like, what their favorite drinks are. Like, you just know everything about everybody, and that's just, I don't know, I just find that interesting. No, I like time movies and like Looper is one of my favorite movies I love Looper I mean I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis so it's kind of yeah gonna happen fair but also it's just interesting and like especially how it ends like him having the realization he does and then changing the time loop like the way he did I like all that I love it's haunting but I love the scene where they're chasing that guy down and they catch his younger self yeah that I mean it's haunting but like so interesting especially when they're like go to this like all of it is just like (sighs) like it's yeah like i don't know i just i I think it it is kind of creepy like you said like it's a creepy in a way because it's like it's hard to it's just like 
you can like do stuff and like fuck with stuff and then like people aren't gonna know you know because like even like in i mean in groundhog's day like he does even some of that kind of stuff where like towards the end like it's like he'll like catch people or like he'll like go and like play the piano for somebody and they're like it's my favorite song and like how'd you know that and like it's just it is like kind of creepy in a way but and then, no. well, even, too, like, the thing that is kind of, I mean, I don't necessarily, like, I, I'm not, like, a big Groundhog's Day fan, but, like, one of the things that's, like, weird about Groundhog's Day is, like, they've said before that, like, he probably lived years, like, in that loop. So, like, towards the end of it, he does, like, start to get pretty insane, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, like, all these times where, like, he tries to kill himself and, like, it doesn't happen. And, like, yeah, that movie is, like, I think darker <laughs> yeah. than what people may realize that it is. And I just... I don't know. I like that kind of creep factor. I have a theme. <laughs> Get it? Okay. Psych. <laughs> so, yeah. You should watch this one, since she said that you haven't seen it, because I I do really like it, and I think, like, the premise is different. It's not, like, a heavy movie. It's not... It's, like, an action movie, but it's got, like, a touch of comedy in it, and then it's got this Groundhog's Day thing. Because, like, <laughs> it does the whole classic Groundhog's Day thing, where... Like, he will start to learn things after a while. So there's, like, a couple scenes of, like, him dying. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, one of the ones, which this happens really early on, so I don't think it's, like, a super spoiler. But, like, basically, one of the first things he has to figure out is, like, because he's in the military. So, like, he can't just leave very easily because he'll be like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you're in the military. Like, you can't just leave here. We like, own you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he has to basically, like, sneak out of, like, doing drills and stuff. So, like, he starts, like, doing this thing where he's like okay if I go here and I roll here there's like a truck and it'll appear at this time and I'll be under the truck and they won't be able to see me anymore and then I can roll out so like one time he does it and he gets run over and then like the drill sergeant guy's just like (laughs) like, what the shit it's pretty good yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's a good movie so watch this one also fun fact because I said that there was a theme behind this this is based on a manga the manga is called All You Need Is Kill. I don't know why. It's kind of odd. But that is what it's called. I didn't read it, though. So. <laughs> I have no comment, though. <laughs> I just think it's weird that it's called All You Need Is Kill. I, mean, I don't know what that means. I also don't know why they decided to make an American movie with Tom Cruise as the lead for this Japanese manga. That like He's I don't... like the most American you can get other than Bruce Willis, I think. <laughs> it's also like, as far as I'm aware, not a very popular manga. I've never heard of anybody who's read this before. So it's just weird to me that this happened at all. <laughs> so Okay. Drum roll for my number one. <laughs> I mean, I know this one. I would know this one no matter what. Everyone should know this one about me. Yeah. <laughs> My ultimate favorite movie has been, since I've seen it, which was at birth, I feel like, um, is The Fifth Element. There's no better movie. If I had to, had to, had to complain, I would say someone who's never seen it that watched it today, it would seem dated. But, like, that that to me is not really a flaw. Like, it, it's not like it came out yesterday. It came out decades ago. <laughs> it's going to be dated. That's Do you a- know when it came out? I can find out. I know it was the 90s, because I mean Bruce Willis, but... Yeah, he does look rather young. 97. <laughs> rather spry. Okay. Yeah. This movie came out in 1997. 
which anything near 2000, I'm like, that's not that long ago. Fuck, it is. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it came on 97. It's, just go watch it. Like, I can't really, <laughs> there's nothing to talk, just go watch it. It's the greatest movie of all time, so I have decreed. The humor, the music, the actors, everything about it, the fantasy, it's all great. Like, there's a dancing, singing opera diva, while also a bunch of ugly aliens are getting their ass kicked. Like, it's so great. <laughs> everything about it. Bruce Willis. And then my favorite character is Ruby Rod, who <laughs> is played by Chris Tucker. And he fucking nails it. It's this character you can't even describe. It's so amazing. He's like the host of this broadcast television show slash radio that kind of like streams live. And he's making commentary on all the fucked up shit like going on. And he he's serious. He's completely serious. But all of it just sounds like a joke because he's some sort of like broadcast thing. So he just goes on like, come on, come on, man. Like, what you doing? Like, just how he talks is so hilarious, even though you know 100% he's terrified and, like, wanting to die, essentially. So, yeah, there's... I can't really say anything bad or, like, particular about this movie. Everything about it I love, from the moment it starts to the moment it ends. Like, there's not... It's another one of those... I don't want to skip any scenes, because there's so many movies you watch that when you've seen this scene a hundred times, you just go... And you kind of get distracted or you skip it or do... No. But this movie, it's like, no, I like every scene for one reason or another. There's something to it. Yeah, this one... I would definitely put this movie in the category of sci-fi fantasy. Like, it is... It's very fantastical in a lot of ways. So, like, I don't know. Sometimes that is what is... That is confusing about genres sometimes. Because, like, there's different kinds of sci-fis. And, like... A lot of times I tend to like the true sci-fis, which, like, I think, like, the way I've always heard, like, a true sci-fi defined is, like, essentially what if, and then, like, like, the what if is, like, supposed to be somewhat small. So, like, for example, you get things like The Fly, because, like, The Fly is, like, essentially, like, what if you had this horrible thing happen to you that maybe could? Like, that's essentially the what if, and, like, I do tend to like those movies. But then, like, there's another level up where it's, like, sci-fi adventure, which might be something like the Star Trek movies. Like, it's, like, it's sci-fi, yeah. But, like, also, it's probably an action movie. Like, what else would you call this? Like, you can't really just say it's just a sci-fi. I was just having this conversation because <laughs> someone was telling me they don't like sci-fi. I went, you know what's hard about sci-fi? It's like two genres. It's always two. Because if you take... Let's take Fifth Element. Let's take Star Trek. And Ex Machina. Do any of these movies seem like they'd correlate at all? Like, other than there's elements of fantasy or, like, the sci-fi concept of space. But even Ex Machina doesn't have space in it. It's just about, yeah. like, AI. Yeah, so, like, to me, Ex Machina is, like, what's considered to be, like, a true sci-fi. Yeah. Like, just sci-fi. That's just the word. So, like, you know, like, the movie I'm going to talk about next, you could put in that same category, too, because, like, it's not really fantastical. Like, so, like, once you start getting into that element, so, like, the next kind of step, like, I would say there's sci-fi, sci-fi adventure, and then, like, the third category, which Fifth Element kind of goes into, is, like, sci-fi fantasy, which I would also put Star Wars into this, because it's, like so over the top like it's like basically not grounded in reality at all that it's like 
okay, yeah, technically this is a sci-fi, I guess, but like, this is, you might as well be playing Lord of the Rings here. Come on. Like, that's what this is. <laughs> How I decided to, like, level it off in my head is tangibleness. So, like, Ex Machina could technically happen tomorrow. That's so tangible. That's, like, right next to our doorstep. Okay? And then you take Star Trek. That could happen, like, in a way. And, like, <laughs> so long from now. Like, it, there's science behind it. There's ideas and concepts and science. People have thought this out. And then you take Star Wars. None of that would ever happen, and it's a new whole world. It's a whole thing. Like, there's no science. Like, this is just something someone thought up, and it wasn't medieval, so now it's sci-fi. Like, that's that's the levels to me. Like, there's this could happen tomorrow. I guess that could happen in, like, hundreds of years from now. Or within like that long period, and that that's not real. That's not real. That's nothing. That's just fantasy, but portrayed as sci-fi for some reason. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I mean, there's nothing wrong with any of these. No, I, I mean, like I just said, my edge of tomorrow is a sci-fi Groundhog's Day. So like, I love sci-fi, <laughs> and that's part of the reason why I love it is because it's so diverse. Like, like I just said, I wouldn't put Ex Machina and Fifth Element in the same category. Those are two totally different movies. I love both of them. But it's like, they're not even close to like yeah. anything similar. This is why I loved when I learned the term sci-fi fantasy. Because sci-fi fantasy is a thing. Like, that is what it is. Think of Star Wars. Sci-fi fan. I mean, honestly, Star Wars, they basically are space samurais. Like, it's like, come on. It's like medieval stuff, but in space. Like, sci-fi fantasy. Just burn it into <laughs> your being. It's your what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, I do like this movie too. I think it's, it's not, it's again, it kind of falls into like a similar category as like Galaxy Quest to me. I don't think about this one super frequently, but like, I do like this movie. It's just, I don't think, I probably didn't watch this movie until I was around you. So like. <laughs> How that affects on people. <laughs> I don't know. When I was younger, I feel like we watched a lot of weird movies. Like, I feel like when I think of the movies I think of from my childhood, like, they all kind of, like, fell into, like, a certain kind of category, and there weren't, like, a lot of things that were out of that category. Like, I would say we watched some, like, because we watched Star Wars, and we watched Lord of the Rings, but, like, most of everything else that we watched was, like, kind of a comedy, like, the generic comedies for that time period. It wasn't, like, I don't feel like I watched, like, a lot of groundbreaking movies when I was a kid. They were all kind of crappy. <laughs> I watched all the movies. <laughs> well, what's funny is, well, last thing I'll say about Fifth Element before I go on a tangent is it also has Gary Oldman in it. So two for three of my top three movies is Gary Oldman. That means something. He's the man. Um, but my brothers and I were actually talking about this because my brothers and I, as you've mentioned, because it blows your mind, love WWE and WWF. <laughs> and my brothers actually were talking about how that started. Do you know who started that? My mother. Really? She, okay, it was, um, Tyson was supposed to be in a fight. Like, he had a fight going. And she wanted to surf the channels to find his fight. And we ended up on, like, WWF. And then my brothers were like, oh, this is glorious! And then that's, like, what started it. We started watching that. So all of this kind of stuff, my mom used to watch Star Trek. She used to watch Xena, like, all this stuff. So we watched so many diverse things just because she'd be like yeah we're gonna watch this now like okay mom like <laughs> sit and watch it 
That's also why I've never watched horror movies because she will not watch those. That's her one like, uh uh-uh, like it's not a thing. So she'll watch a horror movie with me, which I find the funniest thing in the world. And we accidentally have seen like three horror movies that were like, this seems good. This is not okay. (laughs) Why are we here? Mother yeah. always surprises She's me. She's so strange. She always surprises me. People think I'm just weird, like, that I just came up with this shit. She created me, okay? This is all her fault. <laughs> you told me that she was a Trekkie, and I was like, whoa. So, wait, like, here's, I guess, like, kind of a weird question I don't know the answer to. Does she like Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't feel like I've ever heard you talk about it. Well, in she doesn't. context of her. She doesn't love it. Like, she's not like us. Um, she can't read the books. She can't do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, honestly, I think Star Wars and Star Trek are like her thing. Like she's obsessed with the Mandalorian. Absolutely obsessed. She's watched it like 10 times. And then, um, she also loves Adam Driver. So then she liked the new Star Wars movie. She's not a snob, I guess is the way to put it. She just likes to sit there and enjoy it. <laughs> so there's a lot of movies she watches. That I'm like, why? <laughs> this is terrible. She's got a niche. <laughs> she does. And then she's been trying to convince me, which people might yell at me for. I've never seen The Godfathers. Mm. And she's just like, Julie, you gotta watch it. I'm like, I just don't care. Like, I've never cared about that genre. Any criminal bullshit is boring to me like I don't I just don't find it interesting the only one I like is Gangs of New York like the rest of them I'm just like I don't give a fuck like don't spend 20 minutes showing me a car and the velvet in it with your dramatic classical music I don't care like that's yeah it's just a funny thing I probably should have said at the beginning but like cowboy or westerns I'll say westerns westerns like criminal boss movies heist movies all of that genre they have to be the top of their game they have to be the best version of that genre or i just don't give a shit like it's such a boring subject to me it's been overdone for so long there's nothing new about it like it has to be exceptional and then i'll talk about it all day like tombstone i love that movie it's a western hateful eight another great western those are it like that's i'm sure there's like maybe five more that i would say yeah those are great do you like oceans 11 I've never had an interest okay. in seeing them. That's fine. <laughs> it's probably too late for you. Yeah. Like, That's I missed fine. that train. Like, yeah, it would be weird for you to watch it now. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I don't know, like, if I particularly go after heist movies. I do like it when it's... Well, actually, wait a minute. I really like The Italian Job. That's a really weird one that I like, actually, because that's another one. I wouldn't recommend people watch that movie because it's bizarre. But <laughs> I do really like that. I... I don't know if it's, like, something that, like, I go for, but if it's there, it doesn't bother me. But westerns, I don't, mm, mm, it's not something I typically go for. I can. I love Tombstone. But. But Val Kilmore is the boss in it, so it's fine. <laughs> and then I told you that miniseries, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I love those. Like Oh, right, yeah. I pieces. should watch that, actually. Yeah, it's really good. I, that's my yeah. favorite shows I found out, right, like, at least lately, how you love the Groundhog Day looping. My favorite shows are the ones that have the bit episodes that have no correlation to each other, yeah. where it's, like, every episode's a completely different concept. I love any version of that. <laughs> like, I've been watching yeah. all of those. But I digress, so now that my number one movie's been revealed, we can reveal Krista's number three. <laughs> number three, three. Actual three. Actual three. <laughs> Okay. Oh, one, three, one, no, never. Okay. So, my number three is The Martian. But it's sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, it's sci-fi, but probably more, like, true sci-fi. Because, like, this could happen. Like, 
it's just like essentially the premise is they're going to Mars. So like this is like the future of some sort, like I don't know, 50 years or something in the future. They go to Mars. It's like a five team thing. They're like supposed to have spent more time there. But basically shit goes really wrong and they have to like abandon. So when they abandon, they lose one of the people. And because of the circumstances, they think that he's dead. They're like, okay, well, we can't all die here because that would suck and be bad for morale or whatever. So they get on the ship and they leave. Like they hightail it out of there. But it turns out that guy didn't die. So he wakes up. The whole event is over. He goes back to like their little habitat place. He patches himself up and he's like, oh shit, well, I guess I got to survive. That sucks. <laughs> and so like, that's really like essentially what the gist is. It's like a survival thing, but he's in space. And one of the reasons why I really personally love this movie is this is probably one of the most scientifically accurate movies that you can watch. Like, there's only, from what I understand, what I've been told, there's only one part of it that is inaccurate. And actually, it's kind of funny because the part that's inaccurate is the premise. Because apparently, it, like, has something to do with, like, the atmosphere on Mars. Um, the reason why they have to evacuate is there's, like, a bad storm. That wouldn't happen except for extremely rarely, like just because of how the atmosphere is on Mars. So like that was like the only part that was like scientifically inaccurate. Like everything else is that he does is like very scientifically accurate. And like you really, you don't see that. And I mean, like something like gravity, gravity, there's all kinds of like <laughs> weird inaccuracies. Yeah. Like even like when she's like floating around, like her hair is like not floating the way it should be and like things like that like Neil deGrasse Tyson's like he's talked about this stuff but like <laughs> the Martian is like very accurate and I love that but not even just that I mean you know being all emotional because I'm a scientist you know blah 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 whatever Krista nobody cares <laughs> I care I care um, <laughs> I I like how real this is with it being a good story like there's a lot of parts where he just fucks up or like they they do eventually have some parts that involve nasa or nasa just fucks up and like it's so hard on him like because yeah. he's like so far away like he's on mars so he's like i'm gonna die here and it's like what am i gonna do like i'm just gonna starve to death like that's cool. what's gonna yeah. happen slow sweet yeah, yeah. and then like one of my favorite parts about this movie, and I have to, I have to mention this because it's like so meaningful to me. Like, so I'm sorry, this is a spoiler. If you don't want to be spoiled on The Martian, which let me tell you, just watch this movie. I love this movie so much. Watch this movie. If you don't want to be spoiled, skip spoiler word. Skip like a minute. Um, at the end. So, like, there's the part where, like, he's talking to the people and he's like about to go back to his people before he goes back to Earth. So, like, Matt Damon, when he was, like, filming this movie, he didn't see, like, any of the other actors, basically. He was, like, basically alone, like, the whole time. So, when it got to that part where, like, he, like, actually met them and was, like, gonna go back and, like, see all of them, like, he cried. And, like, that's in the cut. Like, you see him cry. And it was just because he was so emotional. And he was, like, thinking about the guy. His name's Mark Watney. 
he was thinking about like Mark Watney like being all alone and like he's been alone for like years at this point and like he just like he got emotional and cried and it's like just like one of my favorite like little trivia bits because it's just like yeah like this this situation sucks <laughs> like it's like the worst and like they do a good job of making it you know pretty humorous pretty light but like there is all this stuff where it's just like like at one point they try to send him food because that's like the hardest thing that he struggles with and the spacecraft blows up and he just like I think he like destroys some shit or something and he's just like I'm gonna die out here that's it there's like I can't survive out here forever and like Mm -hmm. it's just one of these movies that every time I watch it it just like it makes me feel a lot of different emotions like being a scientist and like you know the idea of being on Mars and like how hard it would be like if you got in that situation and like you know these are the kind of things like stuff like this happens sometimes like you know when people go on scientific missions you can't you know you can't sacrifice everybody for one person so then you get left behind and then you gotta either figure it out or die and yeah it's hard it's hard man (laughs) yeah no there's as a would-be scientist, I guess, like, in my youth or whatever, there's a specific mission on Mass Effect that makes me feel the same way, because it's, like, I always thought I would struggle if I did anything intense with the whole, like, line of humanity, like, what is inhuman and inhumane versus what is worth the science, because so many of our, like, evolutions and vast discoveries were done out of cruelty, like, it's stuff that you can't do today, but without that, we wouldn't have the knowledge we have kind of concept, and they do a whole mission in Mass Effect about it that always upsets me. Like, it always just, to my core, like, man. Because the idea is, like, there's this, it's essentially an autistic kid who can talk to these synthetics that are an actual species. And so they do experiments on him, like, gruesome, invasive in- experiments. And they basically treat him like he's an animal to have these, like, huge breakthroughs, like, technically on paper it's worth it but then you see what the person became and like what happens to them and then you're like is it actually worth it and what even makes that more intense is the main head scientist is the guy's brother like doing it to him and you have to make him realize like this is fucked up like and it's easy you know from an outer perspective just like dude when you're in the thick of it and you realize like what it has advanced like how many people have died because we didn't have the science and that kind of like logic behind it it's such a hard concept to like get over did you play the last of us yeah okay yeah because that's like that's like the last of us thing Mm -hmm. kind of because like so like it's weird I don't really super like the last of us I'm not I'm not a big zombie person I know that that's kind of weird but I'm just not it's just I don't like the themes that come up in zombie stuff and look Don't at me. There's two ways that zombie movies end. Everybody dies or they find a cure. It's just, that's what's going to happen. Anyway, I don't, (laughs) the thing I do like about The Last of Us, though, is the ending. And it is that part of, like, you know, like, they have the girl, which, okay, again, spoilers. Sorry, (laughs) we're just being very emotional. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But they have the girl. And, like, basically, it's like, she could be the cure. But, like, in order for us to find out if she is the cure, like, we'd have to kill her. Like, because we need her brain, essentially. Like, that's what's going to happen. But, like, we could make all of this end. Like, this horror show could be over. And then the main character, the guy who you're playing, is like, no. 
I'm not going to let that happen. So then he kills all the scientists and, like, takes her away. And then, like, basically at the end, she's like, hey, like, about that. So, like, was I, like, the cure or something? And he's like, no. <laughs> Just straight blank lies to her right. about it. And yeah. it's like, yeah, that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that shit's really hard. But it's like, things are easy on paper from, like, an outer perspective. But when you get into the thick of it, it's not black and white. It's not just... And how I've made this argument with people, because when we talk logical stuff, they're like, well, emotions aren't part of the argument. I like to say, we have emotions for a reason, like, so we should probably use them in argument. Like, obviously, I don't want someone screaming at me and being like, well, I can't see past this because of my life. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, emotion has a purpose in our cognitive thinking. Like, it's supposed to be intuitive and part of it. You can't just always cut it. Like, it's there for a reason. And that's kind of how this works, where... Yeah, I could save the whole entire race by killing this one girl, but then I'm killing this one girl that I really care about. It's like, yes. I should just do that. But no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's hard. And I mean, like, okay, yeah, there's been plenty of things that have done this poorly. Like, this is not always a concept that is done well. Like, there's plenty of movies where, like, it's done and it's whatever. But, like, the times when people get it right, it's like, yeah, it, yeah like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a hard concept. Yeah. So, Yeah. Have you, I guess, with us just kind of ending this, have you seen The Martian? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I hated Matt Damon for a while. Oh, okay. Because I absolutely can't stand Ben Affleck at all in any way. So, like, they were always together when they were younger. Mm, Yeah. And so then any Matt Damon movie I try to watch would have that piece of shit in it. And I'd just be like, I hate this movie. This movie's terrible. Other than Dog One because Alan Rickman. But, um, <laughs> so I just thought for the longest time, yeah, I don't like Matt Damon. Like, I don't get it. And I can't remember what, it might have, I don't know if it was that movie. I know it was a more recent one, like, because he's diverted from Ben in the past years. I don't know if it was that one or, like, I can't think of any of his other movies right now. <laughs> I watched yeah, some entirely. It might have been. Is he in Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams? Yeah, he is. But He's so is Ben the... Affleck. Yeah. Here, so let's look, let's look up Matt Damon. Why not? Why not? We got. Let's look up <laughs> classic American actor Matt Damon. Um. Apparently, he's gonna be Thor and Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh wait, because he was. He was Thor, wasn't he? Yeah, he was Thor in <laughs> oh like the God. bit. That got me. Which apparently he so like asked for that. Hard. Like he wanted it. <laughs> that got me so hard when that happened. By the way, because like I was watching it, and I was staring at him for a while, and then I was like, "That's Matt Damon, isn't it? Why is he?" <laughs> okay, I, it might have been The Martian. I think it is that. He was an Interstellar, which was weird because Interstellar and The Martian came out around the Brothers the Grimm. Time. Oh yeah, he is in that. Yeah, he's one of the brothers. And The Good Shepherd. That's another one I liked. He's also in Happy Feet, too. In case you were worried. <laughs> and Spirit Way. And Pon- I don't remember what he does in Ponyo. Um, oh, yeah. And he's in 30 Rock. He's, oh, he's my the God. Carol, he's the pilot. my favorite. Yeah, I he lasted him. a lot longer than I thought he would. He one was perfect, though. One of my though. freaking favorite lines. Oh, my God. There, he has, actually, he has, like, two of my favorite lines in this show. Because one of them, no, it's in the same freaking episode. Because there's like this part where like they're showing like Liz and him are both like really stubborn, and so the she, whole, I knew you were talking about that scene because yeah. I love that whole like because <laughs> he's just like she he, she was like you're so stubborn you built that bookshelf incorrectly and he's like no I wanted all the books to fall <laughs> <laughs> or the other the other one was like 
when they're like trying to threaten each other to get off the stupid plane and like I think like he grabs grab somebody the gun. and then like she No he grabs the gun out of the like flight marshals and she's like you'll have to go through this. Oh yeah, man. he's like, I will waste you. <laughs> She's like, I have, you have to go through this old man first. It's the best, one of the best that episodes. Episode. Oh my god, I that episode is so underrated. That, that is a so no, that's one of good. my favorite episodes. Yes, but that is Matt Damon. <sighs> yeah, and I, I don't know what it was that changed me. I don't know if it was that The Martian or Brothers Grimm. I don't. I never realized it's him and Heath Ledger. Like they yeah. just don't seem like themselves in any way. So then I'm always like. Right. <laughs> like, that's them. Yeah, they were made up kind of weird. Yeah. They look and that movie is, like, kind of weird. In the way good it's movie. stylized. Yeah, but it's movie. like a... Sometimes, like, they do that. Like, they'll make the actors, like, not really be prominent, you know? And it's, like, because of the style. And I yeah. feel like that movie's like that. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, yeah, cool. Now, I just wasn't sure. I, I haven't really ever heard you talk about that one specifically. Um. Oh, yeah. And then I have to do... <laughs> my last little bit about this fun fact this is a book this is a book by Andy Weir actually one of the things I do like about this book is Andy Weir was he worked at NASA so like it's there is a reason why this movie is very legit and basically I think he just really liked sci-fi and he was like I'm gonna write a book for fun it like blew up and became majorly successful so you know good for him but I will say I think the movie is better. It's not, it's not that far off. It's just in the book, there are a few more scenes and like, it didn't need them. Like mm-hmm. the, the scenes that they took out of the movie, it was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Cause right. like, I remember reading them in the book and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like I was like, just, just get off this planet. <laughs> Can we just die already or something? <laughs> yeah. An alien pop-up something. <laughs> okay. So that's it. Do we have any other final points or are we just done? Watch all the movies we've talked about, even when we just offhand mention them. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, like, don't watch Born Identity unless you want to. Yeah, that's up to you. <laughs> I've not <laughs> I don't think I've seen all of them. I assume we're going to cut that part, so. <laughs> well, now we can't. You know what? No, you just cut all this. Like, it's easy. <laughs> Do it all the time. Well, I'm just saying, we, like, mentioned a bunch of weird movies offhand. Well, like, I didn't mention any I didn't like, though. You were, like, talking about some westerns and, like... I didn't say that I any I hated. I just said I don't like westerns, aside from these, like, two. And then you mentioned The Godfather, and you haven't seen The Godfather. Are you yeah, telling people to go like, watch it? It's apparently one of the greatest movies of all time. When you look up the top 50 list, it's always top two. Julie says go watch The Godfather. Even though I won't. <laughs> this was Passion for Your Passions, where we talked about our favorite movies. On the next episode, we're talking about traveling. Summer vacation. Listen to my mother, because I don't feel like it. <laughs> my mom has literally, this is this has happened. We were like, went to go get pizza at a fancier place. And <laughs> she was like trying to hit on this guy that was serving us with me by telling both of us we need to watch this movie. And I didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> she was like, I don't remember, like, I think we were just talking about stuff, because it was just her and I. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the kid comes up. I say kid. He might have been my age. I don't know. He seemed younger. He came over and he was trying to be friendly because he's a waiter. I didn't read into it, but she did. And then she's just like, let me, let me stop you. And he like looks at her and she's like, have you seen The Godfather? And he said, no. And she went, I think you both would really like it. And so I was like, why is he in this now? Like, why, why are we watching this movie now? Like, this is the thing. You don't know this guy. Like, what is happening? And she's just like, I know it's dated, but like, I think you guys would really like it. It's a really good movie. I'm like, you don't even 